What's going on everybody? This is Dean with Blue Ridge Overland Gear and welcome to part two on our series on trail etiquette. Now in the last video, we talked a little bit about the mindset to be in before you go and some of the principles like tread lightly and leave no trace, which are great things to embrace even before you leave the house. Now in this video, what we're gonna look at is a little bit of situational awareness and some things that you might encounter on the trail and around the campsites that might be important for you to help kind of sort some things out. Now, the first one that I'm gonna talk about is knowing your surroundings. And again, this is uh, probably like, you know, doing a little bit of homework before you go, um, but also know where you're at. So your maps like Gaia GPS, Onyx, and Garmin Hunt View will actually give you a breakdown of what the public and private land boundaries are in your area. And you can look at and know, well, am I on BLM land? Am I in a state forest? Am I in national forest? Am I on a national park or state park land? Am I on somebody's private land by accident? Uh, it also lets you know what the right-of-ways are. So if you're traveling down a given road or a given route, is that a public right-of-way? Even if it's on private land, are you allowed to be on it? Or is it a private road that you might need permission from the landowner or does it have restricted access? Those types of things are great to know before you go and also while you're out and about. And again, those apps that I mentioned, Gaia GPS, Onyx and Garmin Hunt View uh, give you some of those resources where you can kind of look at where you're at right away. And they're great because you can look them up on your cell phone or a tablet on the fly or do a little bit of homework before you go. The next one is gonna be kind of related to that and that is staying on the trail. There's actually a program called Stay the Trail and I'm a big fan of it because it covers a wide variety of topics and some of these overlap with some things we talked about in the previous video. But the things I wanna highlight here are gonna be things like obeying signs. I know it kind of seems a little obvious, um, but in some areas there are restrictions as to the types of vehicles that can be on certain trails and you want to make sure you respect those because the last thing you want to do is take a big vehicle like a Jeep or a full-size truck down a trail that's marked and designated for something like an ATV because sometimes they start off pretty wide and it may not seem like a big deal but the further you go the more lightly traveled that trail gets the narrower it gets and you just might get to a spot where you physically can't fit down the trail without damaging it. So you wanna make sure you're not that person. Also, you wanna make sure that your vehicle is equipped and can handle the trail. Again, when you get out west, there are signs that say high clearance four wheel drive only. So that's not something that you wanna take your Honda Civic on or even maybe something like a Subaru because if it requires high clearance and you take a low clearance all wheel drive crossover on it, you might bottom out, you might get stuck. You may not have the necessary recovery points. When you get to a place like Moab, Utah, there are trail rating systems that will tell you whether or not you need lockers or a winch or skid plates. Heed those warnings, heed those trail markers and pay attention to them. The other thing you wanna do with stay the trail is you wanna make sure you're actually driving over obstacles, not around them. You don't wanna make the trail any wider than it needs to be. And to be honest, if you get to an obstacle like a rock or a ledge or a mud puddle and your first inclination is to go around it, you probably need a new hobby. <laughs> uh, I hate to be blunt like that, but that's just the fact. You have an off-road vehicle, you're out here doing this lifestyle, you don't wanna be taking bypasses and widening the trail. There's nothing wrong with turning around if you're in over your head or you get to an obstacle and you're like, whoa, wait a second, this isn't for me. Sometimes you gotta turn around. Or if you're gonna go through, 
Go back to what we said in the first video about educating yourself, knowing recovery techniques, knowing rock crawling techniques, some of the more technical driving techniques. Those things will help you be prepared for getting to those obstacles and safely navigating through them without doing any excess damage to the trail or the surrounding area. The next thing that I like about Stay the Trail that I think is important for everybody is yielding. And the thing that everybody is gonna have to yield to is horses. Horses are skittish creatures by nature. Even a well-trained horse can be spooked by something like a vehicle's exhaust or music from its radio or people talking as it goes by. So anytime you encounter a horse, you kinda wanna stop and let the rider of that horse dictate what's gonna happen. If they wanna wave you by, they'll wave you by. If not, you sit tight until they pass you. And when they're a reasonable distance away, then you can resume traveling. But there's actually a whole hierarchy to yielding and it basically goes like this. The bigger vehicles yield to the smaller vehicles, the vehicles yield to riders, riders yield to walkers, but of course, everybody yields to horses. So, to kind of give you an example, if I'm driving my Jeep down the trail, I'm gonna yield to somebody who's on a four-wheeler or a dirt bike. If I'm on a dirt bike or a four-wheeler, I'm gonna yield to the person that's mountain biking or hiking. And of course, everybody is gonna yield to the person that's on horseback. So basically, the bigger the vehicle, you yield to the smaller vehicles, smaller vehicles yield to pedestrians and those sorts of things. And like I said, everybody yields to horses. Now, there's one exception to that, and that is everybody yields to people traveling uphill. Uphill traffic has the right of way, regardless of what the vehicle type is. And the reason being is, it's very, very hard to regain momentum uphill when you've stopped. And also if the person going uphill has to stop, they don't have the best visibility to back up or turn around. So you looking downhill have better visibility, you have better control of your vehicle. So you wanna yield to uphill traffic. Another component of yielding is riding and driving to the right. A lot of the roads and trails that we travel tend to be very narrow and sometimes they're only one vehicle width wide or sometimes they might be a little bit wider. And the rule of thumb is you always wanna ride or drive to the right. So that way oncoming traffic, which is also riding to the right, mitigates the, the chance of a head-on collision or something like that. And also, again, when you get to that whole idea of yielding to smaller vehicles, if I'm in my Jeep and I'm going down a trail and I'm in the middle of the trail or I've kind of drifted over to the left and somebody on a motorcycle is coming the other way, they're gonna hit me regardless of where I'm at. So if I'm to the right and I'm traveling slow and they're traveling to the right and they're traveling slow, it's a lot less likely that we're gonna have a head-on collision. And to be honest, if I'm in my Jeep and somebody's on a bike, I'm gonna win. Um, and that's just not good for anybody involved. So that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the first video with the Backcountry Discovery Routes Ride Respectfully program. And again, with Tread Lightly, and share the trail, we wanna make sure we're being respectful of other riders. The final component to yielding may seem a little bit counterintuitive, but you wanna to yield to people that have come up behind you. And this is basically a race rule, but it applies to people that are just out there driving and traveling the trail. If the person has caught up to you, they're already faster than you and you don't wanna hold them up. Now you might be thinking, but I'm driving the speed limit. That's fine, it's not your prerogative to be the police or to be the person that's enforcing speed limits. Um, feel free to report that person, but if they've caught up to you 
as soon as you can pull over and let them go by. Because a lot of times you and your vehicle might be traveling slower, like for me and my Jeep, I might be crawling along, taking my time. If somebody catches up to me and they're in a better built vehicle, or they're on something like a dirt bike or an ATV, they can go faster than me and I don't wanna hold them up, so you're gonna let them go by. So you wanna make sure you're letting people that's you know traveling faster than you get around you, and that goes whether you're on a trail or a dirt road or even a paved road. If that person has caught up to you, they're already faster than you. It's not a race. Nobody's gonna get a prize for being first place. So you just wanna kinda of let them go by. Now, the last thing about being respectful is mitigating noise and dust. And this is both respectful of local landowners as well as other people that are out there enjoying it. We did kind of hit on this a little bit earlier in the first video, but I just wanna kind of reiterate it that again, being situationally aware as to what's around you, both for wildlife, property owners, other campers, other outdoor enthusiasts, be respectful of them. Again, don't be that person that's blaring loud music out in nature because people go to nature to avoid noises like that. Don't have a loud, obnoxious exhaust on your vehicle, creating a whole lot of ruckus when you're driving through the woods because again, it's gonna disturb the wildlife, it's gonna disturb the people that might be hiking or mountain biking and enjoying a little bit more of a peaceful form of travel. And also mitigate dust. A lot of the roads we travel are dirt and gravel and when it gets dry, it gets dusty. And the faster you travel, the more dust you kick up. And if you're traveling by somebody's house and you've got a couple vehicles that travel past there and it kicks up a lot of dust, you're gonna coat that person's house in dust and that's just not cool. Um, so you wanna just kinda be mindful of that, be respectful of that. And when you uh, encounter other people, oncoming traffic, you know, those sorts of things, slow down and kind of mitigate that dust, mitigate that noise, just because it's gonna be a more pleasant experience for everybody involved. And lastly, just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Smile and wave. And this is again, one of my favorite ones. It's something that's been included uh, in the previous video with the BDR Ride Respectfully program, but it's something I like to iterate and I wanna end this section on because if you smile and wave at people, you're gonna have a more pleasant experience, they're gonna have a more pleasant experience, and more often than not, when you're nice to people, they're gonna share some information about where you're at that they may not share with somebody who's maybe a little bit more rude. So if you're nice to people, you might be able to find a cool hidden campsite or a lesser known trail or maybe a historic location like an abandoned mine or something like that. And when you're nice to other travelers, they're gonna share information with you and they might say, oh, hey, don't go there. It didn't live up to the hype or don't camp there. There was a lot of mosquitoes. Um, they might give you some other information. So again, smile and wave, be polite, be nice, because you'll get a lot further in life with that. Now, in the next video, we're gonna look at some convoy and group traveling etiquette. Uh, so stay tuned for that video. <laughs>